Those of you who are not Christians, I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk to you too here, here in just a little bit. But I want, you to, I want you to see, if you're not a Christian, I want you to see how rich, how blessed Christians really are. And, 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 and I, I'm going to talk to you directly as well in just a minute. For, for, to the Christians first, if you would please turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 1. The book of Ephesians was written by Paul to Christians. Ephesians is written to the, to the saints. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1, it's written to Christians. And in verse 3, Paul writes, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. In Christ, we have awesome spiritual blessings. These blessings are, are wonderful, but, but many times they're unappreciated. Maybe they're unappreciated because we don't know what they are. We, we don't know them. Maybe that's the reason they're unappreciated. But we need to know about the riches of God's grace. You know, knowing about the riches, knowing about the blessings that God gives us during the dark times, during the hard times, Help us make them through them. Every, all, every spiritual blessing is in Jesus Christ. We as Christians, we can take heart because all, every blessing, the spiritual blessings that are available, the spiritual blessings that we have as Christians are in Christ, verse 3. Verse 4, those of us in Christ were chosen because we are in Christ. Before the foundation of the world, we were chosen. Those in Christ, notice, notice to be chosen, to have all the spiritual blessings, one must be in Christ. That's what the Scripture says. Then we are, verse 5, adopted children. You know, as wonderful as our natural children are, our adopted children are just as wonderful. You moms and dads, Sammy and Belinda, you might not have been trying To have a child, yet one happens anyway, right? But to adopt a child, you really got to want that child. Amen? God has adopted you. He really wants you. This just wasn't some, some afterthought. He really wants you. It says in, in Romans chapter 11 that we have been grafted in because of His marvelous, His rich, His wonderful grace. We've been grafted into His family. We've been chosen, verse 4. We've been adopted, verse 5. We were chosen and adopted by His will. And we have full access to the family of God. When you're part of the family, 
You need to feel accepted. Verse 6, to the praise and glory of His grace by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. Because you are in Christ, you are accepted. If you're in Jesus Christ, you're accepted by God. To be accepted by God, one must be in Jesus Christ. Do you see this? Do you? Do you see how rich you are? That since you're in Christ, you're accepted by God. Why don't we act like it? Why don't we act like it? Some have told me everyone has their cliques and I don't feel like I belong. But if you're in Jesus, God accepts you. And isn't that all that really matters? Isn't that all that really matters? It doesn't matter what others think or say. God accepts you. And if we know one is accepted by God, well, we should accept them too. Right? But we don't. Sometimes do we? Because we look at one person and we favor them over another. We're human. And we might might chalk it up to human nature, but folks, it's a sin. James chapter 2 verse 9 says it's a sin. It's wrong to favor one over another. That's a sin. It calls it a sin. What a blessing. How rich God's grace is to know that we who are in Christ, we who are Christians, are chosen, adopted, accepted. In verse 7, in Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Oh, how rich we are. These are riches that can only come from God. They can't come from anyone else. Nobody in the world can give you this. These are only given, as I've said over and over again today, those are only given to Christians. They're only given to those who are in Christ. Because of the blood of Jesus that we came in contact with, when we got into Christ, we have redemption. We were, we've been bought. We've been, we've been saved from certain death. God's divine wrath. We've been saved from an an eternity in hell. We have our sins forgiven. We've, We've been released from the bondage, the slavery, the imprisonment of sin. They've been let go as if they were never committed. That's what we have in Christ. These are the riches of His grace. Verse 8, which He made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure. We are are given and given this, this rich blessing even though we didn't deserve it. 
we abound in them and, and we get to understand the mystery of His will. Here's another place we're lacking, I believe. I believe at one time, some of us may have understood the mystery as Christians, but we've forgotten. You know, I've got two, two paperback Sherlock Holmes volumes, and they're, they're really thick volumes of all the works of Sherlock Holmes. And every once in a while, I'll pull one down, and I'll, I'll thumb through, and I'll, I'll see a title, and I'll read it. I've read them both numerous times. But I'll pull one down, and even though I've read it once before, I'll read it again, and I'll forget the ending. I'll forget the mystery. It's like reading it all over again. You know, what's the mystery? What's he talking about here? What's Paul talking about in Ephesians? Have you forgotten? Well, let me make things new for you. It will be my pleasure to remind you of the answer to the mystery. Look at verse 10. This mystery he proposed in himself... He set this up, verse 10, and here's the mystery revealed that in the dispensation or or the general order of, of the fullness of time on God's timetable, basically, He might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in Him. That's you. That's you. If you are in Him, that's you. How if you've been baptized into Jesus Christ, Galatians chapter 3 verse 27, how rich you really are. Just look to the left and to the right. Just look behind you and in front of you at the richest people in the world. If you're a Christian. And even though we are adopted, verse 11... In Him we also have obtained an inheritance. The the adopted child, we are inheritors of all. We we just like any part of the family, we are inheritors inheritors of the riches of His grace. Because like the like the Ephesians verse twelve, we trusted in Christ. We trusted in Christ. And we, too, are the praise of His glory. Notice in verse 13, In Him you trusted, turn back, In Him you trusted after you heard the word of truth. After you heard the word of truth. Jesus said the truth would make you free. Not a misunderstanding. Misunderstanding is not going to make you free. The truth is going to make you free. If you think you obeyed a misunderstanding, then you, may, you need to make things right. Okay? If we are in Him, we trusted after we heard, verse 13, the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. The gospel is our salvation, isn't it? The gospel is God's power to save us. That, that, that of itself makes the gospel important. God, the most powerful being in the universe, His power to save us and grant us all of these riches that we've been talking about, 
is found in the gospel. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. We need to make sure we have obeyed the gospel. As it says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus Christ is coming back one day in flaming fire. He's going to take vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not, listen now, on those who do not obey the gospel. That makes it important. Understanding this is one of the main reasons I preach Knowing how to be the best parent I can be won't save me. He's not going to take vengeance on those who don't have good marriage skills. He's going to take vengeance on those who don't know the gospel, haven't obeyed it. Helping others understand the simple saving gospel of Jesus Christ gives folks a chance. Gives folks a chance to excel in other areas. Gives folks a chance to escape God's wrath, but but, but more, oh, so much more. We have all, all. If you can see my notes, I've got that underlined three times. All of the riches found in Jesus Christ. Now, we have the responsibility to, 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 to walk in unity. We have the responsibility to do that, Ephesians chapter 4. We have, because we are in Jesus Christ, we have the responsibility to walk carefully in love and light, Ephesians chapter 5. We have the responsibility to walk in harmony, Ephesians chapter 5 and 6. We have the responsibility to walk as husband and wife, as, as parent and child, as, as master and servant. We have the responsibility, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 13, to withstand in the evil day. We have that responsibility. And maintain that seal, as we talked about, as we read in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. That seal of the Holy Spirit of promise, Acts chapter 2, verse 38. We received that when we obeyed. What is the gospel? If it's got the power to save, what is it? Now let me speak to those who have never obeyed the gospel. Those of you who are not Christians. Let me, let me speak to you. To the unchosen. The unaccepted. The unredeemed. The unforgiven. Do you know what the gospel is? If you don't, you're not alone. There's a lot of folks that don't know what the gospel is, but you, but you need to know. As you can see, it's very important. You need to know what the gospel is so that you can obey the gospel. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 1 through 4 says, I declare to you the gospel. Here it is. If everyone know what it is, here it is. I declare to you the gospel. You received it. 
He's telling them, he's talking to Christians here as well. You received it, you stand in it. We learn that we stand in victory. Here's the gospel. The gospel, verse 2, by which you are saved. You're saved by the gospel. Verse 3, Christ died for our sins. He was buried. He rose again. There it is. The gospel is the death, the burial, the resurrection of, of, of Jesus. And you who are not in Christ, you must obey the gospel to be saved. But, but how do you obey the gospel? How do you obey the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Let me show you how I knew the prisoners that Tim Shepard and I went to jail and preached to last week understood it. Now, Tim and me, we had a, we had a study with, with the prisoners, had a Bible class. This, this was a study. They could ask questions in the class if they wanted to. I kind of did most of the talking, but, but they, they could have asked questions. This wasn't a worship service, so, so I wasn't trying to get them to raise holy hands. Please don't misunderstand, okay? I was just trying to understand if they understood what was being read, all right? That was, that's what was happening. I read just what I read to you, okay, here, here in... Here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. Okay, I read just what I read to you. I read the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And, and Tim and I, we asked them, how do you obey the gospel? How do you obey the death of Jesus? Do you, do you have to die on a cross? Do you have to be nailed to a cross and die on it? Is that what you have to do? How do you obey the burial? Do you, do you, do you have to be laid in a tomb and, the, and the, the stone be rolled in front of it? Is that how you obey the burial? How do you obey the resurrection? How can you be raised from the dead? Then I asked them to turn to Romans chapter 6. And if you would please turn to Romans chapter 6. It's going to be on the screen as well. I asked these prisoners, I said, that as we read this, if you understand how to obey the death, I want you to raise your right hand. And if you understand how to obey the burial, I want you to raise the other hand. And we were sitting around tables in the pod. And I said, if you understand the resurrection, I want you to stand up. That way I'll know that you understand what's being said. In your mind, do this. This is a worship setting. In your mind, do this. Romans chapter 6, verse 3. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? The hands went up. We had about 12 in that Bible class. All 12 read this and all 12 hands went up when we read this. Verse 4, therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death. All twelve prisoners sat there. They looked, they looked down at their Bible, reading along with us, both hands in the air. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. They stood, they all stood, all twelve stood there with their hands in the air. I said, now, if you were in the army and the enemy captured you, or the police drew down on you for something you did, what does this posture signify? They, everyone, said, surrender. 
You need to surrender. I thought, that'll preach. You need to surrender your will to God's will. Back to our passage in Ephesians. Paul writing to Christians, I'm talking to Christians again, just for a minute. Paul says in verse 16 that he makes mention in his prayers of his Ephesian brothers and sisters, but not just, not just God bless the church in Ephesus. And that's not what he says. Paul gets specific. Here's what, he, here's what he prays for, verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. If you want to grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, get into the Bible, come to Bible class, come to worship services, Christians. Don't lay out. The elders here have provided you with spiritual food and you need to eat it. And I see so many of you. I see so many of you growing. I see so much growth. But some of you, I want to ask you the question, are you bored? Clayton Pepper, a man I'm fond of, a brother in Christ, he, he told someone who arrived, he told of someone who arrived at 11 sharp and left at 12 dull. He said, this one filled, fulfilled what he knew. Attend, contribute, behave. That's it. That's all he had to do. Attend, contribute, behave. Folks, that's not, that's, that's not... That's not part of the riches. You're missing out on the, on the most important part of the riches. The blessings of Jesus Christ. Of being in Jesus Christ. The more you know about God and His will, the closer you'll want to be. Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. You know, our elders with the postcards... Elders with the postcards are, are trying to jumpstart our evangelism battery. And soon they will challenge our comfort zone so that our understanding will be enlightened. And that everyone will have this every man concept of reaching out. By understanding our responsibility to reach out with enlightened eyes, verse 18, that you may know what is the hope of His calling. Paul says over in Thessalonians, we're called by the gospel. What are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints? By God's grace, Christians, we are rich. We are rich beyond our wildest imaginations. Verse 19. We are chosen. We are adopted we are accepted, we are redeemed, we are forgiven. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe according to the working of His mighty power? What's God's power to save? We just talked about it. What's God's power to save? The gospel. And here it is, verse 20. Here it is, verse 20. 
which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead, the death raised from a burial, and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places, which, back full circle, verse 3, is where every spiritual blessing in Christ is. In the heavenly places. Do you have the hope of heavenly places? If you're a Christian, you do. You're rich. You know, it's sad. Tim, I don't know if you know this or not. Doug knows this. After Tim and I left, four prisoners wanted to be baptized. Now, we had to follow the rules of the jail. There is no facility to baptize them in the Sumner County Jail. So once a week, on Saturday, they set up a big horse trough. And they fill it full of water. And those who want to be baptized, we baptize them in that horse trough. The lady who's in charge of that stopped it all. This past Saturday, all four of those prisoners were supposed to be baptized and I couldn't get in to do it. I couldn't do it. I can't do it. And if Jesus Christ comes back the sad reality is, and you know, do I think this is fair? You know, whether it's fair or it's not fair, the sad reality is if Jesus Christ comes back, these men have not obeyed the gospel and they'll be lost. God will take his vengeance upon them. Let me tell you something they're prisoners and they can't get out, they can't do a thing about it, but you can. The prison that you're in is you're in your own mind. It's in your own mind. Break free. Surrender. Surrender. Break free. Come right now. It's together we stand.